Let's do it now. I'm not even sure how to talk about this movie. We can well, only talk in five words. We no, can't. No. I couldn't five take notes words. on it. <laughs> no, like, there's... We we'll, we'll get into it, for sure. We'll hit all the good areas. It's gonna be hard. All the good areolas. <laughs> oh, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Movie Dummies Podcast. The podcast where we talk about movies? Yep. Um, this week we're talking about a movie. Oh, wait, I should introduce myself. I'm Joe. I'm Shannon. I'm Angela. I'm Matt. No, hey, hey, me, me. You done messed up, hey, hey, Ron. Hey, I did that pretty good. That was I'm a a Ron backwards. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud! Come on, like, what are you doing? <laughs> That was so cool. <laughs> I practiced it. I was practicing it over and over again while you were starting up. I muted myself. I was like, Rah. Well, yeah. we uh, also watched a movie that is, what is it, a palindrome where you can say it forward and backwards? Yes. Yes. It's called Tenet from Christopher Nolan. It is a wild ass ride of a movie. If you can call, I don't even know if it's a movie. I mean, it is, because it's on well, film, and you well, watched it. Well, I don't know. It really should it be a two-part series. You know, corporate training films are also on film, and you can watch them, but I wouldn't call them a movie. Oh. I mean, this is I a movie. movies. I think a movie specifically meant to entertain you, and that's where I think this one might fall short. It didn't entertain you? No, this movie felt like fucking homework. It did. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm not saying it's not well made. I'm not saying the script... Well, the script has a problem. Um, All I'm saying is it felt like homework. I'm saying... I felt like if I took my eyes off the screen for even a second, I was going to miss something incredibly important. Sure. And then I stopped caring. But then that thing never came. The thing that I was waiting at, that I was worried I was going to miss, it never happened. So Yeah, so was- it, it's a convoluted-ass movie. Christopher Nolan must have been doing Mushrooms, and he thought, this would be a great movie. I'll do this next. He spent a long time making this movie. Well, because the filming must have taken forever. The setups must have taken oh, yeah. forever, because he's a very meticulous filmmaker. And he does big right. things, and he does interesting stuff, and this movie is about the forwards and backwards flow of time. It's not time travel. The like flow Shan- of time. Once I had to explain this to Shannon, she understood how it was happening in the movie. She's like, how are they time traveling? It's, it's not time travel. They're only just moving forward or backwards. Right. You'd have to right. pause this movie to like sit and think, understand <laughs> she, what is she did. Yeah. She's like, I have to process that for a minute. Like, and she'd hit what? pause. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I paused it. I was like, is it over yet? I still had an hour to go. Well, you had to watch, oh the, you watch the movie forward, then you had to watch it backwards. Oh. oh my gosh. It was literally at the hour and a half mark that I looked, and I'm like, how is there still an hour to go? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. He he makes time in this movie go quick to the one hour and 30 minute mark, and, and then you it's think it's slow. done, but then it slows right back down. No, it took Nolan five years to write the screenplay for Tenet's Ideas. Okay, sure. Which he was mulling over, he said, for decades. This has been an idea that he's had. 
Well, it's an interesting idea, right? It is. It's total bullshit. <laughs> like, well, sure. <clears throat> and I don't think the conceit of the movie works that well okay. because the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, that's them. Like the whole twist thing, like didn't. Oh, that was I, yeah. That I didn't think that was a twist at all. It was like, yeah. If it's going to be a twist, oh, yeah. it's going to be like, oh, it's actually the bad guy, and you see his him, and he's like, oh, I will be that uh, or and something happens, but nope, exactly what they were you would expect. Right. I guess the worst part of the movie is at the end when he's <clears throat> saying goodbye to Robert Pattinson, and he knows he's going to go get shot in the face. Yeah. Right. That moment. We don't worry about it. What's meant to happen will happen. Fuck you. It already happened. What happened happened. Right. Because he was going back to that flow of time. Right. And it's stupid because it's not like he was totally... It's not like Robert Pattinson's character was Neil. Yeah. not like he was totally yeah. against like trying to change what's happened. He just was like, oh, it's no big deal. Well, I think he what he was trying to convey is that you can't change what happened. He had to go unlock Because it door. already happened. Yeah, he had yeah. to. Right. He had to go back. There was no if ands, or buts about it. And he was going to get shot in the face because, you know, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, boy. <clears throat> um, I will say for Mr. Pattinson, um, this is the first movie I've seen him in since... Um, the sparkly vampire movie that I refuse to even name. This is the only movie I've seen him in. And he's not half bad. No, I had heard you know that, he, right? He, he, I was, it was reminiscent of the first time we got to see Tom Hardy rock the shit out in Inception. And he was just a, a stud. And that's obviously Nolan again, but that's how I viewed him as a big jump in his career of validity. I, I thought he did just absolutely fantastic. Well, quietly, Robert Pattinson's been amassing a movie career after Twilight. Yeah. I never paid attention to him. I actively avoided him. But then, I, like mm-hmm. I, I said on a previous episode, I gave that devil all the time a watch. Oh. He's fucking fantastic in it. Oh. Devil and, all the time. Is that the Lighthouse one? No, that's the, the one that's Tom on Hardy. Netflix with Tom... Uh, Holland. Tom Holland. Holland. Why do they... God damn it. Robert Patton in this show is his son, correct? No. No. That's no. what I have read, and that's what I inferred from the end of the movie. What? What? And it, it is in written and in YouTube quite a bit. I've watched Who's a lot and read a lot about yeah. the movie. It's the bad about... his son because he falls at they fall in love, that that woman, uh the his femme fatale, they are together at the end. So and Robert Pattinson's somehow son. half black? No, he's the I think he's saying he's People? the son of the bad guy and Oh, he's Matt? Yeah, so he oh. it's that guy. Yeah, that's who it is. Sorry, sorry, thank you guys, thank you for helping me out. Yeah, that's it, that's Max. I thought about that, but it doesn't make much sense. It's the prevailing concept out there. Sure, you can if you if you type it into Google, that is pretty much who he is expected to be. No, I'm not doubting that, but it doesn't. Well, okay, nothing else makes sense. So why the hell should this be any different? I don't even need that to be part of the story. 
is kind of well i liked it as a wrap-up for them you know what i didn't get too wrapped up or feel really confused during the movie i don't i don't know why it was i i like the time travel concept i've looked into what people had stated as misses or what they didn't like and you know obviously there's validity in almost any movie we watch but like even when it got really confusing with mr Badman and the advent of the backwards i'm like yeah it's a bad guy doing a bad thing i'm going to continue with it for at least the um because i didn't understand it at the moment and then i had to come back around to it and some things became more clear as i went forward so something that was really confusing at our at minute 45 you know it was i was getting closure with it but by no means is that uh an easy watch or do i feel confident do i understand every piece of it just like you said it's like homework there was a shit ton of it and i just i i just kind of strapped down for the ride but i did something i didn't mean to do because i didn't know it was a problem guys i I watched it i'm like how come i didn't have this problem i accidentally watched it with subtitles so i never missed anything i wasn't i did i watch tvs with subtitles for the kids we always leave subtitles on just to help them read and it becomes more uh, noticeable. And I usually just, I left it on and I, I got to read everything. I never missed any of the audio when it was loud. Cause I, I then got to learn how bad it was done. It was essentially a guy on AirPods at home doing the mixer. And he never was able to hear the mistakes and how it really happened. So, like, I never missed any of the audio. I was just listening to them when they're whispering, talking to each other. I'm just reading it. Well, I didn't have an issue That's with that life, either. Eh, Aaron? I always watch Yeah, I, there was a couple times where I had to rewind it for a second and then turn the volume up a little bit just because I didn't understand yeah. Robert, Robert Pattinson's accent a little bit. Rewind. Right. <laughs> I, I got checked out almost immediately during the movie because Christopher Nolan did something he almost never does. He was very lazy. And there's a line at the very beginning of the movie when that lady is explaining the stuff to our protagonist and she goes, I could explain it to you, but you won't understand it. So there's no use. And is talking to us as the audience too. Like we're just not going to explain anything. You're just have to gonna go, go along with the ride. And I'd, I'd she rather is have... the person who creates that technology though. She's the one that does it. She is the, the, the female I'd, scientist. Not what I'm talking about. Aaron. I'm future. talking about the filmmaking. I'm talking about him oh, using a character gotcha. in the movie to tell us as the audience what to do yeah. and to stop overthinking this, which is anti-Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan is a guy who lets it all hang out there that it did the top wiggle at the end of Inception, did what the hell's going on in Interstellar with the fourth dimension. This, he leaves it all up to you to think about. Mm. You know, the prestige, all these movies that are, you know, have these things happening in them he lets you think about them and mull them over but literally at the beginning of this movie he goes yeah this is a pretty far-fetched premise just don't think about it too much yeah don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain exactly basically and i was like oh so he already gave up or there was a test screening and i'm not gonna lie it was it was pretty helpful for me and i think it's important made the experience one hell of a lot better mentioned that you know robert pattinson did fabulous in this movie but i also think that john david washington did fabulous himself i don't know if him oh, from yeah. anything really john david washington so i know him i know him from ballers Was he the green book and he is very good in ballers um but he's playing such a different character right 
I did not realize that he was. I, I didn't know his name, I, and I didn't realize he was Denzel's kid until I watched this movie and saw so much of him in it. You know, that's he's, Denzel he's Washington's really, kid. Yeah, and he's really fallen. Follow, you know, he's. Yeah, I don't know. He, he, oh, he he's in the book of gravitas. Eli. Hmm. But wait, wasn't is he the dude in the green book or no? Or is that the dude from True Detective season three? Uh, True Detective season. That's Mahershal Ali. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Racist. (laughs) But yeah, it looks like the only thing he's really done is Ballers, a TV series. He's done some movies, but I don't know. It looks like he was in Malcolm X because his dad was in it. Devil in the Blue Jess because his dad was in it. Black Klansman. This is where I first really recognized him. Black Klansman. Oh. And then he's got a few things coming up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was not familiar with him. Obviously, I've not seen Ballers. But I was very taken. He acted fabulous uh, for, you know, Nolan, for a Nolan film. You know, not to have like um, this high named actor starring in this role. Uh, you know, taking a chance on John David Washington, I think, you know, was successful because he did a fabulous job. He's a former pro football player. Yeah, I was reading in, uh, I think, IMDb that... Like pro NFL? Signed by the St. Louis Rams after no. going undrafted in 06 NFL draft. That That's when pretty damn cool. he was He's a running acting, back. he was so tired because he was running almost a whole month shooting these action scenes because they would spend like a month shooting like that uh end action scene yeah and he said he'd wake up with pain in his legs he couldn't even go to work and walk because he was running so much every day can't imagine that well nolan is meticulous like i said he shoots and he shoots and he shoots Mm. gotta have a lot of coverage in a nolan movie But I really don't think. Who's the female in this movie? What's her name? Lady. Uh, Elizabeth Demke. Am I saying it right? Her name is like Cat, right? Uh, French-born Australian actress. Mm, Yeah, she has. She's tall. I'm shocked that they put her in this movie. Just her height. Kind of threw me off in some scenes. No one else, hmm. just me. Because uh, she's tall. I don't. Know. I, I, I don't know. Weird. I thought she played a good mom, and I thought she played uh, the good range of the emotions of like the scared, like how she handled that, like when she was trying to confront him and failed in some and succeeded in others. I was. I thought she did pretty damn good. I didn't know her from anywhere else too much. So she's in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yes, she's the gold. What is she there? She's that gold lady, Aisha or whatever. I think there was only one part in the movie where the way it was shot, you could tell just how much taller she was from John David Washington. Yeah, she's my height. And I was just like, "Wow, is she really that tall?" And they had her in heels, and I was just like. Of all the scenes to kind of shoot, it seems like every other scene they played it to where they she wasn't as tall. 
But oh, she's Princess Diana purposeful in the to kind of be. Wouldn't that be maybe pretend, like very purposeful out of the league, at least physically for her husband? Sure. She's out of uh, out of her comfort zone. People aren't like her around there. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like a trophy wife, obviously. So yeah, she definitely does stand out. I, at least now thinking back in the scenes that you see her, yeah, she's sure. unnaturally tall. And I don't know. I don't know if I like this movie or not. not well, that's the thing. It it's well made. I think. I don't know. Could you make the script any tighter than it is? It. I think there's probably a four hour cut of this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't maybe, know. Maybe I'd love to watch it. At least three because there's huge leaps through the story, where it's pretty obvious they filmed some stuff. Yep. Well, that's true. But it's it's when very... he went back and met that evil lady, the the one who the the is I don't remember if she was the Andy woman. She was the Priya. one running the Priya, gangster yeah. thing. When he, yeah, when when he went back to see her and he kind of gave her the light threat, that was a big. I'm like, how the hell did you get here? Isn't she surrounded by lots of people? Like you're all of a sudden just in like a flower garden with her, wandering around and threatening mm-hmm. her. Like what led to that moment? And that it, was a big surprise for me. It's almost like I don't know, like it's like the ticking of a clock, and the second hand moves, and then you're you're f- shot forward like an hour or something. You know, it's like really weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine was in it, of course. Argument for that. Yeah, that was dope. I Michael Caine. Michael mm. Caine. Who doesn't love Michael Caine? little cameo style. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to play a bigger role even at the end again, since he was at the beginning. I thought I we were actually going to go all the way to the beginning and see parts of the opera, but we never went there specifically. Yeah. Um, because, of course, it's kind of like the time theory, like when you skew a line in time and you go off that line, you create other verges in time. <laughs> uh, That's the whole point, is they didn't skew anything. It's I know. Everything that happened is just what happened. And you're only and seeing it from happened. his perspective. Right. Seeing it as he experiences it. I would like to see Nolan go back to do just a simpler movie. Hmm. That's not doesn't have to be so Christopher Nolan-y, like you know the first Batman movie. Batman Begins is very straightforward. It's very simple. Um, one of my favorite Christopher Nolan movies is probably not one you'd think about. It's called Insomnia. Yeah. Oh, I like that. that Robin Williams. Robin Williams Mm -hmm. and Al Pacino. It's just a straightforward movie. Yeah. Just like, just well done. Like, what the hell's wrong with that? But you can immediately tell that this movie is made by Nolan. Yeah, it's a Nolan for sure. Like, if you didn't know, but that didn't be... work out for Dunkirk. Ugh. Nineteen Seventeen. Did you watch that one too? Is that his? No, Nineteen Seventeen is not his. And okay. Well, you didn't like Dunkirk? Fuck no. Ooh. That's uh, a rough. Watch. I don't just not like it. I ag- actively hate that movie. It was. The most dull. Freaking Tom Hardy was balling, man. Ain't nobody in that fucking movie. Hans Zimmer's the star of that movie. Yeah. Doesn't matter who's on the screen. Well, what all, about this, Tom, all of the language what about is all Tom Hans Hardy's Zimmer. Hardy's eyes. 
Who gives a shit? He's wearing a mask again. <laughs> Chris Nolan doesn't like his face. I, I have a huge problem with Dunkirk. As an experiment, it's it's interesting that it, is, that it exists, that you're going to have a composer tell the whole story. Mm. But uh, no thank you. Never watch it again. You know. Yeah. Sorry. Hans Zimmer's a hell of a composer. Sorry, but I like the movie. It was a good movie. I think my yeah, favorite yeah. Nolan movie is Interstellar. Of course. It probably will oh, yeah. be forever. <laughs> I still haven't. I just listened to that whole movie twice over the break. Put it on the headphones and go to bed and wander around the house. I love listening to that movie. I will say, I don't watch it anymore. He seems to do well with something that's just cutting edge different. And he makes it a little bit more palatable for an audience. Because he could have went like completely crazy with this. Well, I think he did, <laughs> but I think he—I think he cut the film down to something. Like I said, I think there's a four-hour version of this movie. Yeah, from watching this movie, I still have like my mind's racing thinking about it. You can't like pinpoint moments to where you're like, "Yeah, that totally makes sense," or "Yeah, <clears throat> that works," or. I, you know, I really, really liked the movie, but I think what you're all saying holds quite a bit of merit and is very much so correct. And I'm, I almost wonder the audio to me was utter garbage when I went back and I'm like, this is awful. Like I have to be reading this to feel confident. I've understood it. He had an opportunity to go back and remix fix that mistake or do it. I don't think he wants to have anything to do with it anymore. He's like, I'm done. I've moved on. Let's go. He does not want to make that more appealing. You know, it's weird. Uh, Does anybody else get the feeling that he is kind of just a better version of uh, M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. M. M. Night Shyamalan did They're very akin. Yeah, he did Sixth Sense, and he's like, okay, every other film I do is going to have to have a plot twist, and it's going to have to be, like, this super giant plot twist, yada, yada, yada. And I think Christopher Nolan was, you know, what was the first film he would have done that would have had something like that? Memento. first one that I'm aware of. Memento. Oh, I was going to say the first one I'm aware of is Inception. I think he has, like, this... Prestige. Memento's definitely his first one twist on things and then he now he has to do it for like pretty much every film yeah yeah Memento like played I said, interesting. right so like yeah six then it's been then the prestige is about the twist right then oh. inception's about the twist then interstellar is not really about a twist it's more straightforward dunkirk's twist is that it's it it's not a film it's <laughs> it's they made a visual to go along with a score and then it's all it's just the whole thing is a twist it's like a mind screw and it's i mean do you guys think he's like under studio pressure to continue this like matt's kind of implying or is it like that's his niche can't can he go back because like i'm looking at Denis Villeneuve, right and he's done making dune or whatever and he's going back to making just a regular fucking movie but it looks like he doesn't take time like i'm looking at his movies and He's made 16 movies, and three of them are shorts. Uh, 
Uh, four of them are shorts, and one's just a short video for the British short films thing. So he's made, what, 13 films? Yeah, but poor Nolan has the whole Justice League thing. That's not him. What? Oh. No. My bad. I think he has producing credits I'm on it. I'm thinking Zack Snyder. Yeah, he has... I pre- don't think we can put the word poor in front of. <laughs> no. <laughs> he can, He gets to do whatever he wants. He comes up with these ideas and he gets to make them. But why can't he make, like, a regular movie? Because then it wouldn't be a Nolan but he's an he's a good filmmaker with attention to detail. He could do something like if he directed Twenty One Bridges, it would have been different. Right. <coughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. If but he directed a Michael Bay film, he's just making a movie. He's making movies that they don't even have concepts that are as. How many times can it. you break ground, though, Aaron? Yeah. Just many once. fucking shovels as you got. I, I feel mean, like he's got a couple can creepy only, ones. You can only break ground once. You, right. you get 33% correct in, in the Major League Baseball, you're going to the Hall of Fame. So I think that's going to probably run around the same average for filmmakers. It's like he needs to do like some type of documentary or he needs, just needs to, to make a regular movie. Yeah, <laughs> just break into like a rom-com or you know, do something out of the box that's just different what if he directed the supernatural movie? No. I don't think no. he's the right guy for it. How awesome. No, no he's not the right director. <laughs> Just make it a joke. Oh, like, Just a regular although, movie. Although, I do want to see the supernatural movie. That would be nice. Yeah, sure. So, Tenet, right? We're talking he could about just direct Tenet. porn or something. Maybe Sorry. something super different. And Tenet, I think the biggest like thing is it's his baby. It, it was born in his mind, and mm-hmm. he had to put it on the screen. And I don't, I, I don't, I would love to talk to him and be able to see like, is this really what he intended? Like, is this the final product that he saw in his mind? Because I doubt it. Because like at the end of the day, I think movies are supposed to be entertaining, mm-hmm. and a big factor for me, and maybe for a lot of people out there with entertainment. Is that you'll want to watch it again. And Could I, this be like cyberpunk? I just have no desire to watch this. Had, it had to get out. It had to get out. Like for me, I'll be on, I'll end up watching this again. Maybe not for a couple months. But could it be what happened with Matt and his description of cyberpunk last week? Where it, the pressure, the hype, the Nolan, the next Nolan, needing to get out during COVID... Him not even being a part of sound mixing, the mistakes there. Do you would that not be at least signs that it's not what he was exactly looking for, or he just had to move on and get going? I don't think sound mixing is the biggest problem with this movie. No, no, I'm just saying, like that's that's a simple mistake, though. That sure. shouldn't be happening on a. But he still can still sit in the so editing suite with the guy and you know the editor, and they can get this you know, get this movie done. He's got final cut on it. It's his. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it I'm... was done satellite at a home during the height of COVID. It was done at a home computer. Sure. It was not done in a studio. So that's what I'm like. I don't, I don't think it was. I think, I think he was rushed to get it out and there's stuff missing. And I don't know if I completely agree with that. I'm like reading all about him as much as I can like take in. And he has a quote on here saying that he's in a position to take risk and he wants to take them because it's his responsibility. 
Which is interesting. You know, you need those risks. And my job is to be right on the edge of what's going to work and try. And, you know, he's kind of right because we don't have a lot of people doing something that's just crazy different. It's we have the same movie, but with different stars. It's like we see it all the time. It happened with the with Will Ferrell and uh, the cop movie that came out. Two guys. The other guys? guys. The other other guy. But then there was another one. Great movie, though. Great movie. But then another one came out with the same thing with, um, my gosh, it had Kevin Hart and just a bunch of. Will again. It was crazy. And The Rock. There's a bunch of these, like, it's this similar story where you. Are you talking about when when we did all those sister films? It seems like it happened just so often. Yeah, sister films. When we were like, talking about like Armageddon and Deep Impact. It seemed, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. And it seemed like it constantly would happen. It's like, oh, I have an idea for this movie. And they're like, hmm. Olympus has fallen, White House down. Yeah, so it's like, oh, we're going to fund you. And then this other film Well, he's company. not playing that game. He's not in that arena. Well, I think what she's trying to say is he's doing the exact opposite. He's doing anything different he can. Right. Sure. And to stretch his legs as a filmmaker is one thing, but like, isn't the biggest uh, thing you should be doing is making a movie some people want to watch? <laughs> but that's what he he's feels making movies. His role. You know, he's making movies right. he wants to watch, but he's a fucking weirdo. He talks with a British accent and he's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a lot of those weirdos out there. They're not. He's a total fucking phony I, when it comes to I that. know of a couple I know of a couple people who have who do that and it's it's, it's a little strange it's it a seems, little strange right like the world is grown yeah I have I have I like have that. met those people and it's yep so he's a, he's a weirdo and like I do like the fact that he doesn't like computer effects it seems like a lot well, of his he, movies you can't say that his movies don't look good right and I, oh, no, the, it, this movie looked fantastic. And, and he, like they give plane? him the money and they player. give him the permission to crash a freaking plane into a hangar. They gave him mm-hmm. the permission to hang a plane and cut it in half and have, you know... That was crazy. ...for uh, The Dark Knight Rises, right? They give they gave him permission to do all this crazy crap. Then because, you have my permission to die. <laughs> because they, <laughs> <laughs> cause they believe in the dude, which is cool. Which is so cool, and he does interesting things. There's something undeniably interesting about this movie, right? Yeah, for sure. Right, but is it good? I mean, well, I mean, he, he. I think like any director, he does good films, and then he does bad films. I just think the the way he uh, does everything so differently is a lot riskier than say somebody doing the same goddamn type of film over and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, I look at, you know, probably like his biggest Hallmark competition Channel. for for being an interesting filmmaker right now and like Denis Villeneuve, and I think he has more, his, his batting percentage is higher right now. Sure. Until we see Dune. <laughs> <laughs> I think this could be classified as one of Actually, Aaron, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm excited that Dune might finally be I'm, good. I'm s- I'm super excited, but I was heartbroken. I didn't know Dune got set back. And I had my phone go off, reminder. I'm like, yeah, gonna go see Dune. I'm gonna mask up, gonna go see Dune. Well, it's and not I coming to theaters. I found out it was moved. 
until October of next year, and I was uh, I was heartbroken. Well, if it ever comes out at all, because the the production company's suing Warner Brothers, so I do think that's a bunch of effing malarkey that HBO Max is just like, yeah, this is it's just going here. That HBO like, Max I, isn't doing it. Warner Brothers is. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's they're the studio. They own the film. Can't they do with it what they'd like? I would say no. <laughs> oh, my belief no. would be no because those people. It's it's like saying you don't get to play in the Super Bowl because we just don't want you there. You're the starting quarterback. You've done all of the work. You are the actor, and your medium. What you have tried to bring to the public has been taken away so that it doesn't go maybe down in records as the number one movie or the number four movie of a, a highest grossing film. Those are awards that. So, what's they the budget do on doing a, that Aaron? They do want to make money. I'm going to say lots of millions. Okay, double lots. it because it costs that much to market the movie just for a theatrical release. They're not going to recoup that. So the production company is worried about getting their cut. Warner Brothers is worried about spending an equal amount to what they've already paid for the movie. Why not just put it on HBO Max where people will actually see it? How are you getting the money out of that then? Subscribers. It's more open to copyright or being pirated and It, it is anything. in the theater anyways, Aaron. Mm-hmm. They always come from Korea. But how many people? But how many people? <laughs> how many people now are not going to be paying the money to go to the movie theater and just watch it at home on a free subscription for thirty days on HBO? Like those uh, are things that take away from the people that worked on it. Timothy Chalamet doesn't want it out there. Charlotte, whatever is like, he didn't want it. He's not happy about Chalamet. it. He wanted it at the movie. Well, sure, but he wanted it at the movie theater. Now you're All talking about also want. an ethical responsibility. How responsible are you as a production company to put something into the theater right now? And that is a valid argument. And but in October, things probably are going to be much better. So let people watch the movie. I'm not. Safe. I'm not going to get into that argument at this moment because I would disagree. But yeah. How are oh, things? How are things going to magically get better? Era? <laughs> no, I, even if it got delayed further, I'd prefer that. Well, maybe right, they'll have a you... theatrical release for it, Aaron, when things are right. safe. They, I know that. I'm. I'm just. I listen. I'm just. I disagree with you. I'm not trying to convert you from doing it, and I'm also on the side of a lot of people and actors and the people who have done it. So it's not like I am part of some lar- uh, a small minority who believe that way. There are a lot of people that think that, too. So you're asking the people who fronted the money for this movie to hold on to it and just continue losing money? Joe, I told you, I'm not trying to argue. On no, I'm just, I'm just asking a question. Like, it doesn't make disagree. any sense. No, the, like, anybody who has an argument against it doesn't make sense. HBO because or on Warner two... Brothers can make their money now. And some money now is better than any Well, there's any two money sides later. of that picture. It's the people who have acted in it, and it's the people who have put the movie together. How much would they really lose, though, just money. holding on to the film, exactly? Well, it's the future value of money. If you, you're continuing to lose money that you've spent, like, there's no recoup of the cost. Huh. So until yeah, they can I mean, make money from the movie, they can't technically afford to fund more. Sure. I think uh, but, this argument's a bit different, too, that you're stating it's not going to be better in October. Not every state is in the same regard as Michigan or Texas or Florida. And there are a lot of things that 
are changing and we don't know how it will be in the future. There's only five states in the United delayed, States that aren't shut down right now. And this is where we're recording from the past. I don't know what it's going to be like next week. <laughs> so, I mean, it's things aren't going to get better because, I don't know, just driving around, I can see that people are stupid, so. <laughs> yeah, sadly. I didn't know that he didn't go to Philly. Driving school. around on my side, I'd say it is going to some point. I didn't know that Christopher Nolan just directed movies from his own interest and didn't go to school for it. Me either. I didn't know that either. Yeah. His whole experience has been just to make films. And he made his first film the following with his own budget, the cheapest film he said he's ever made. I don't know. I'm While you guys are talking, which I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Uh, I kind of <laughs> tuned some of that out. <laughs> I was reading. Like, there is so much okay, about okay. him. Here's. Okay. Like, his big statement is all films are subjective. And if you pay to go see a movie, you're paying, hoping that that director, writer put everything they got into that movie. Whether you agree with what they've done or not, you do you feel like he put every effort forward when he made this movie? Because he doesn't want to feel when he makes a movie that he's wasting time all right he's not as money. weird as i thought he was yeah he split his childhood he doesn't time. have a foot fetish he does uh he loves them just oh, cram yeah. them things together and lube them up uh gross his childhood was split between london and chicago okay and, and he has yeah. both british and u.s citizenship, so he's not as a crazy as i thought he was but he's still a weirdo is memento his first famous movie probably yeah it's yeah. really what broke him and it seems like Did all he do Brokeback Mountain too. Oh, no. that was Ang Lee. No. no, no. Why do I know huh? that? <laughs> it's just he's Why a very you know interesting that? person, especially for a writer and director who did not go to school for it. He seems to have learned from uh, Hollywood itself. From well, he understands the language of film, like because his favorite movies, he said, has shaped him into who he is. Which is very interesting. It makes more sense when you watch some of his movies and now understand why he has just a strange take with everything. He has no classic training. Correct. Like, uh, why are you doing that? You he, did, do that. he didn't get Weinstein. That's true. He did not. As far as we know. Uh, you know, I love Chris Nolan as a filmmaker. You know, I, I love most of his movies. Honestly, I don't really like Memento all that much, even though I love Guy Pearce and I love Chris Nolan. It's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Never seen it. Uh, it's really also one of those ones that's like a one watch. Yeah, I've never wanted to watch it again, and I like Because it's movie. like the twist is so like, oh, <laughs> okay, that it's like... But, you know, I, I love... Um the hell's the movie i just said i love insomnia <laughs> you know and honestly i i'm a huge batman fan and his batman is not batman but i do like his batman if that makes sense yeah yeah 
But his tweener films between the Batman movies, The Prestige and Inception, are both excellent movies. Interstellar's, of course, excellent. Mm-hmm. And then he said, you know, in my opinion, two misses since then. Are we ready to rate this movie then? Uh, individually? Does anybody else have any more thoughts? I have lots. Let's hear them. Uh, my cat likes chin scratches. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Anything in the realm of the filth? <laughs> no. Mm. Oh, okay. No Jerry Springer-esque final thoughts monologue, Matt? Uh, I mean, if we're ready to rate, yeah, I'll uh, give some insight. Um, it definitely has potential. I think like uh, Joe had kind of touched on last week. Uh which upsets me more, I guess, that it's not as good as it, you know, as good as it could be. Is it good? It's hard to even say that. It's either good. It's not bad. Right. I That's. That I was just going to say the same thing. You can't say that it's bad. But, but is it yeah, good? Yeah, no, it's definitely not bad. But is it good? <laughs> I, I think the answer is no, it's not good. Just because uh, all the parts of the film that are good are marred by... Uh, just lots of flawed storytelling uh, scenes, obviousness of like the plot twist and all that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's an enigma. Um, the acting is really good, really good. Uh, across the board. Um, I wanted to jump through the screen and strangle the antagonist, Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's such a prick. Oh, yeah. That dude's a great actor, yeah. isn't he? Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's definitely not bad, but I think it's definitely not good. It's in some kind of weird realm. Um, I will give it a 5.5. 5. Ooh, the mm. point five. Angela? So, I'm going to agree with a lot of what Matt said. It's really well done. I mean, everything about this movie screams Nolan right from the very right from the jump. Um my it was a little on the predictable side which did bum me out. Mm-hmm. Um especially like, you know, when you first see Robert Pattinson pull off uh JD's mask but you don't know it's JD yet, you know, but it's like, Oh, that's what's happening. Like you, you already know that that's, I don't know. So it's obviously well made. It's well acted. Um, but I'll never watch it again ever. I'm sad. I watched it this time. I feel like, I could have lived my entire life and never having seen this movie and it would be completely inconsequential. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and give it a four. Okay. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Hey, Aaron. Um, parts of arguments and statements. I really do agree. And I didn't think I did. Um, part like the incompleteness or some of the timeline gaps, but 
I quickly realized out I was out of my own element of understanding things because I get confused by television shows and what's happening. So we already know that the guy, the reason she told us in the beginning that's I needed it. I was like, why? Thank you so much for telling me not to think hard about that because I needed that help today. Like I, it really was. And then it's it's tough because any movie that I have to go why or what onto google at the end of it i'm already a little iffy on um but like even the end of that movie oh i'm thinking of ending things for crying out loud i had to read about that um but it's tough because i want to rate it two ways the first way is if i had to rate it just on a christopher nolan scale with you know 10 being interstellar and nine being batman and going down or if it was just physically just the numbers and there was no equality it's it's a three or a four in comparison to what he has really done but in a scheme of entertainment and me not picking up my phone once during the movie and i rode 16 miles on a bike as i watched it and had subtitles and i was thoroughly entertained and i was happy so for that i would give it i don't want to say a seven and i really want to so i'm going to say 6.75 6.75. Shannon? That's my rating for it. The only thing that I want to add, because everyone said, you know, every thought that, you know, of course came to everyone's brain, because um, we seem to all have the same consensus, is when I think about the fact that this movie, what I watched, and how difficult this must have been to write, mm. shoot, uh, baffles my mind. Because not only did I have to pause the movie to kind of understand, be like, wait a minute, and get myself in the game, I cannot imagine how his like his brain was going when he did this during a pandemic, even because it wasn't even the same setting for him to create this movie. And of course, well, he had this. I, Go ahead. Sorry, I just want to add uh, ask something for a second because I think he came up with the concept probably a bit before. Uh, the pandemic. Um, oh, yeah. I had seen a. Oh yeah. The only thing that happened uh, during the pandemic is post production, right? Yeah, I believe I so. so. Right. I think he might have gotten the idea because there was recently a science article, and by recent I mean within the past like three or four years, where they scientists think they discovered this atom that travels backwards in time or something like that. Um. Goes on. Obviously, you know they get whatever they've got a lot of testing to do to conclude anything. But I think maybe he got the concept for that. Sure. Okay. But it was at the the big particle, uh, the particle accelerator. They they really did. They had their they've been theorizing about the Higgs boson for a very long period of time, and they have only a single test so far where essentially the atom in question was younger than the atom that they recorded first, per se. I'm, just, I'm using the word younger, ungodly broad, but that mm. was what they were able to do. It is, it's like absolutely wild. And that's, you know, fabulous because he's built this world, but post-production and the sound we are mentioning about how it was just a little bit off. And I don't think Hans Zimmer did this score, did he? No. But I... Weird. The story 
of course, to me, is his classic Nolan uh, story. It, I think it was directed great. The only problem I had was the scene where she looks so much taller than him. Like, you can shoot that out, and you've done it. Why didn't it continue? Like, to me, that was the one spot in the movie I would pick and nick and be like, you could have fixed that. Um, You're too tall! I'm definitely with Angela on the fact that I've there was no reason to watch this movie. This is not one of those movies that you have to have uh, to see. I don't know. Um, I don't think it would change how I feel about things if I saw it or if I didn't see it. Um, but to just give Nolan credit for even conquering what he did of filming forward and backwards, I seriously cannot wrap my head around how difficult that would be. Uh, I would, I I would rate this movie four point five. Okay. I no doubt it would be difficult, but there were a lot of times, especially during that that sequence in the hallway, that I was like, "That does not look good." Where the mm-hmm. backwards, the backwards action does not look good. They, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just oddly choreographed or. Or if it's just really hard to act out a fight scene backwards, I don't know. But it didn't didn't uh, flow right. No. And just to think how difficult it was for that end scene with all the troops, the red team, the blue team. Oh right. Oh my god. Get two hundred people in the background to walk backwards at the same time. Without falling over each other. I think they probably filmed everything twice. Or multiple times. So, and yeah, so they have a together. they have a blank plate. They've probably got some sort of camera movement they can replicate, and then the people all just ran forward like they normally would. Then they just put it in reverse. But the thing was, Joe, when he was filming parts of this, some people were running forward and some people were some running of it, backwards. yeah. But I don't think that end scene—that's too much stuff going on. No, there was both happening in that end scene. Because did you red- hear what I just said, though? Right, but I think. <laughs> That he couldn't have shot that all at once because some people... He didn't. That's what I just said. He shot it... What I said was it shot three times, right? One blank. Uh, and then you no. add people. Then you add people. One, this is from a news uh, thing. One of the most striking things about Tenet is its use of locations. Everything you see on screen was shot for real without the use of in-camera effects. So when a sequence features a plane blowing up, blah, 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 that's exactly what was filmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't think he layered the movie. I think he purposely had people running. No, he hundred percent layered the movie because there's things with like smoke moving backwards, and he he rolled right. the camera in reverse. There are scenes that he could have done that with, like with the birds, people walking as well. Right, but I'm saying that last scene, I don't think he could have done it correctly because of everything that was happening. Yeah, he could. Okay. You just shoot it multiple times. Then you just hit reverse on the second time. I think it's your turn to rate it. She's getting mad at me. Um, so to me, this movie, I think you should watch this movie. If you like movies, if you like Christopher Nolan. I mean... Yeah, you should watch this movie. This movie suffers from the problem that its goodness is not the sum of its parts. Because if you're just to weigh each part individually, script, idea, 
production, acting. The score is not as great. I think you'd wind up with like a nine or a ten, right? But I mean, the score is almost non-existent, and I would actually say that I actually found that to be an interesting point of the film, and I forgot to bring it up earlier. I'm sorry. Um, there were a lot of sections of this movie that were eerily silent. Mm. Or at least very quiet. But that might have been the sound mixing. I don't know what, why he didn't have Hans Zimmer for this, which is weird. But Might have been busy doing something else. I'm looking at the guy who did compose it, and he's never done a big movie like, well, Creed 2, I guess, but not really. Um, yeah. that, that guy also did a really cool uh, Trolls soundtrack song for the dubstep version of, uh, oh, God, who played the horse troll, who's an amazing actor from Moon and Mr. Wright. Rockwell? Yeah, he has a, a hilarious dubstep version of Sam Rockwell singing as the horse troll. That's amazing. Looks like he's the composer for The Mandalorian. But yeah, I don't see any. Never worked with Nolan before. He's a Swedish guy. Gotta mm. love those Swedes. He's from Sweden. But yeah, I don't. I just don't think this movie's its rating is gonna add up. It's you know, it's not the sum of its parts. The sum. It's very. Everything's just really good, but then you put it all together and there's something wrong. And I don't know what that something is. And that's why I think like me and Matt were struggling to tell you whether or not it's good or whether or not it's bad. It's. I mean, I can tell you it's not bad, and it's definitely not great. But I just can't tell you if it's good. Like, I'm not going to, like, sit here and rewatch this movie like an Interstellar, for sure. It's just something just not entertaining about it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just... It's missing something. So, for me, it's missing five points from its rating. I'll give it a five. I thought it was missing cowbell. It might need some more cowbell. What's that? <laughs> it's missing believability. There's nothing about this movie that's believable. That's true. Well, to be fair, there's nothing about Interstellar that's believable to either. To be fair! But somehow he pulls that off. I mean, I haven't seen Interstellar still, so I have no idea, but I feel like most space movies, um, most science fiction-y movies, you know, do things that aren't actually feasible but they frame it in a way that's believable like yes in this world in these circumstances I believe that this could be happening but I didn't get that out of this movie I didn't believe anything that was on screen yeah I get that that. extremely interesting point I get that it's almost like it should have been a cartoon wow yeah I think that's where they went wrong. Mm. By making it live action? (laughs) Maybe. You know, there's something to be said about that. Like, if you just cannot suspend your disbelief looking at real people do some weird shit, it should probably be a cartoon. 
Mm. Yeah. You know, and if you've got, do you think Christopher Nolan could succeed in anime or a cartoon? Could he make? Could he direct a cartoon? Absolutely. 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 It'd be a weird old cartoon. Mm-hmm. Japan would love it. <laughs> it can't be any weirder than F is for Family. Man. It's a rough one, guys. All right. Well, we've rated it. Let's put it to bed. Mm. Oh, oh boy. Let us know, though, guys. Did you like Tenet? moviedummies at gmail.com or click the little thing in the bottom of the show notes here and leave us a voice message um yeah I really don't know what to say <laughs> mm. I week, guys I wanted to like yeah. it more I truly did I was ready for something good after Dunkirk maybe on the next go round you know what? He's getting incrementally better. He's going to make another good one. He's got to. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Till then, we got some stuff to look forward to, I guess. Yeah. Evolution. <laughs> next, next, right? Is that what we wanted to watch? Evolution? Yeah. That's a great movie. This should be fun. I think so. I think well, guys, come back and talk to us next week where we're going to talk about recommendations and whatnot. And then we'll be back the week after that with Evolution with, you know, the biggest star of all time, Sean William Scott. <laughs> and David Duchovny. Oh, forget about him. We're talking about Scott here. Not Orlando and the guy Jones, from Matt Juliet TV. Moore. Orlando there Jones. It's horrible in here. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we will talk to you all next week. As always, I'm Joe. I'm Shannon. I'm Angela. I'm Matt. I'm A.A. Ron. From the other line. <laughs> now say it backwards. Lord, ah, ah, me, me. <laughs> <I didn't say laughs> what? <laughs> Cheerio, y'all.